Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livinio to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Visma Ski Classics has a new timing sponsor, Certina. We talked to the CEO, Mark Allen, earlier this week. The full interview is available on our website, but here are a couple of things that he said about Certina and the collaboration with Visma Ski Classics. So Certina is one of the oldest Swiss watch brands with a very rich history over the years. They are, Certina is very much connected with, with uh, exploration. So basically we were one of the first to go uh, to equip divers to go underwater already in the 50s, 60s with uh, some expeditions that we uh, participa participated. We were also uh, uh, equipping some uh, uh, guys that went uh, to the top of some mountains in, in the Himalayas and etc. So really, the, um, to prove that our watches uh, are very uh, solid. And then, of course, over the year, we have a very strong connection with sports. I mean, it's, I think we're sharing a bit the same philosophy. So very strong uh, athletes, very strong products on our side, uh, very, very reliable on the long term, uh, like, like the athletes that participate to your races. For, for us, um, we're using more and more automatic movements, so which means that your watch uh, never, ha never has to go for, for, uh, to the service or to change the battery. Or it's it's uh, something that is a bit comparable to, to the athletes that participate to these races, that they are capable of doing long races without having to, to, to have a, a break or to, to charge their batteries or, or etc. It's very impressed to see the athletes and the speed they go. I don't know the average for the whole race, but it was uh, when I watched uh, when, when Sertina was uh, uh, timing the speed, they were close to 50 kilometers per hour. I mean, uh, on, on these small, tiny little skis, that's really something very, very impressive. It's a very good sport, very intense, and I think it's one of the most uh, complete sports for your body. So it's it's a it's a very healthy sport to do, and again, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, to do it very much uh, for lunch break, one hour in the nature, in the forest with uh, beautiful trees covered by snow. So I think that's really something that is that is beautiful. Hello, all Visma Ski Classics fans. This is a Livigno to Levy podcast. And this time around, we are recapping Vasa Lopez, the king of the ski races that took place today. And what a race that was. The fastest conditions, the record times, all kinds of action on the course. And my guest today is Oscar Svad, three-time winner of the race. And he was... This Muskie Classics race director for this uh, particular race. And I'm your host, Teemu Virtanen, and this is Vasa Lopet 2021. So, Oscar, 
It's good to have you on our show. Uh, it must have been a little bit different for you, for you to be the race director and kind of see everything behind the scenes. How was that experience for you? Yes, it was a new situation. I've been both athlete and a team captain um, and a race uh, director for a team, but now I'm a race director for Ski Classic. And of course, uh, you have the with the jury work and uh, all the informations to the team and uh, try to have the best uh, possible competitions. So you woke up really early this morning at four o'clock, I think, had breakfast. And what happened after that? Yeah, uh, I have some small changes in the in the um, starting positions during the morning. Uh, and uh, uh, so I was working hour, one hour in the computer and then uh, it was time for a little short breakfast and then we have the first jury meeting uh, six o'clock down in uh, the starting area this was a bit of a different course and also a different event as we didn't have the usual sixteen thousand people uh, behind the elite skiers so that must have been put a bit of a spin uh, on the proceedings as well yes uh, totally different with the covid 19 situation uh, and the elite competition uh, and no amateurs. Uh, a new starting area and also uh, except the Ski Classic men and Ski Classic women, we also had the Vasaloped elite men and women. And there was um, quite tricky to uh, fix everything with the start positions and make it safe that you have own start, start areas for the Ski Classic men's and the Vasaloped elite men and the same in the women class. And it also should be good for the um, sport. Uh, I mean, um, uh, so you should have the right position where you normally will finish. Speaking of all these people uh, racing today, so we had about what 300 men and 100 uh, women altogether, 400 participants today, correct? Uh, 330, 340, something like that, yes. Uh, any problems there in terms of that? You, you mentioned that it was a little bit different. You know, the the, the biggest crowd so uh, so far when we think about elite racing uh, this season, uh, as the other Wisma Ski Classics events have been a bit smaller, uh, except well, Machalonga actually they had uh, you know the regular skiers there as well. And you mentioned you had to do a couple of changes there. So what was kind of going on there in the morning? <laughs> no, but it, it was like, you know, uh, normally when you make uh, seeding, you, you, you don't need to take care about uh, if they are ski classic man uh, in the tour or woman or if it's uh, from the Vasalopet elite. So we need to split up in different start areas and have many entrants so we can start, uh, make it safe uh, for the COVID-19. And uh, that was n not so, not so easy. And always, you know, we're using the Vismasi uh, Classic ranking for the ranking. And when Vasalopet is a normal year, then you have like the 50 uh, tracks uh, wide starting area. And then you have seeding for the two first line and then everybody has to go inside and uh, take the positions after. But now I need to seed, uh, make seeding for all these 330, 340 uh, person. Each person have their own starting place. So yesterday, Vasalope did a huge work with the 
putting out all this after what I am told them to pick, put out. Yes, certainly. That must have been very different, you know, from the, the regular year. And also the women started 20 minutes before. That's a bit of a historic uh, uh, event because it hasn't happened before. It's always been no. the mass start. It's the first time in Vassalop, and it was a try for this year. And uh, I think now Vassalop it will do evaluation and talk with the girls and everything around. That uh, is it good with uh, this, or should you have start eight o'clock together like normal when it's fifteen thousand people down there in the store, a big starting area. Um, so um, I know that some of the girls want to start together with a man because they like this really big competition. That's the only competition um, in the whole uh, um, um, tour who have so many athletes starting on the same time. I mean, you have other competitions with many athletes, but they have this wave start. They have not a mass start like this. Uh, and also, but, but someone wants to have the girls in the front and they have more TV time and so on. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, very interesting. And we also have a new starting place, which was much, much smaller than the big uh, starting area normally for Vasalopet. And another uh, first uh, kilometer uh, to when, we, uh, and then we arrived to the normal Vasalopet track. Speaking of which, the, the course we talk about that uh, momentarily. But what's what's your take on the on the, on this uh, special occasion when women started first? Do you think that this should continue from the race director's perspective? Do you think it was a good good move? I think it. We should talk with the girls about this, and they will decide it. I I, I can see it. Uh, I can't think it's quite interesting that in some race the girls are starting together with the men and some race they have their own start in the front and like in Masialonga they start behind because it's for the girls it's totally different races depending on of course how uh, um, long time before the men they start uh, or if they start after or together with the men. So I think, uh, you know, we saw it today when the men elite, uh, uh, when the best men's catch the women up and some of them was possible to follow a little bit and uh, then they, uh, they if you are really strong as a woman then and then you can uh, uh, win the race <laughs> certainly lena kuskren was able to take an advantage of that and, and get some draft drafting from uh, from the male skiers we talk about that but going back to the course uh, you've been talking about the the new start uh, but there were some other changes too. Uh, for example, uh, the finish line was much shorter, uh, but still the distance was the same, 90k, correct? Yeah, uh, it was. They are now, the start is now, and the finish is now where the finish should be in the future. They will move the normal vessel of uh, finish about 100 meter uh, shorter. Uh, and uh, then in uh, the start, it was maybe uh, 500 meters shorter uh, than the normal one up to the climb. Uh, and, but then in the area around Smogan and Mongsbudana, they have used uh, the, I think the name is Mushis, to uh, where it's open, this open area with Mushis. They have um, make it uh, this uh, about 600 meters longer. So the track was exactly 90 kilometers, and that's why it's also they decide to have the record uh, time and give out the 50,000 Swedish crown to the best uh, woman and uh, the man who take the record. 
So to clarify that, uh, these records that were now broken, they are valid. They are official records now. But the start area, that was only for this particular race. They are going back to the normal come next year. Yeah. Yes, this is absolutely too small for having a, a, a bigger uh, amount of people. When you were looking at, if you had a chance, I know that you didn't really have that much time to to look at look at the race a little bit. But when you're out there doing, you know, your your uh, duties as as a race director, did you ever get a feeling that gosh, I wish I could be there? Because I know that you did the race a couple of days ago, and uh, you managed to do like what three hours and forty forty seven uh, minutes, a really good time by yourself. So you're still in a great shape, certainly like a top hundred skier. Uh, easily correct. Um, yes, as I, I think this whole uh, the last uh, since Friday last week, I think it has been amazing fast conditions in the Vasalopet Arena, and the wind is from the right side. And today they have a, a, so much uh, wind on uh, from the back. If you was on the up on the open areas and the marshes, then you just can uh, stand up and out with your arms, and then you was uh, nearly f- going with the with the wind. Uh, and uh, the uh, um, snow is very very transformed. And I think in some days during uh, the week when they have a f- um, uh, make new tracks in right time, that had been even faster conditions than today uh, and um, yeah, I have quite good uh, half of the my race uh, Thursday was really good and half uh, of the race was not so fast but I understand then that uh, I was skiing alone I have just waxed my own skis and and <laughs> I go with my own drink belt and I, I'm not uh, training so much skis as this this uh, elite uh, is uh, doing. I still train a lot, but I I train also cycling and uh, canoeing and uh, paddling because I do uh, now adventure racing. So I training, but not like skiing. And and they uh, I I I believed in a time under three thirty, and then the the conditions will decide. Uh, what we saw today was that they was uh, standing this little little snow who was. Um, uh, coming uh, during the night and uh, with a cr- uh, uh, heavy wind, uh, that this uh, snow was uh, coming in the tracks and but outside it was it was icy. They were standing on really icy, and you saw also it was trouble for them to to have the skis uh, straight uh, the whole time because it's so uh, the Manchester was really really icy. I noticed that when I was commentating the race, and I've been pointed that out that this is probably the first race, at least first Vasalopet, when they uh, raced or skied completely off the track, you know, outside of the track. I didn't really see them using that. Maybe just a tiny bit here and there, but they didn't really use the track, most likely uh, for the reasons that you just pointed out, uh, uh, because the track wasn't as fast as the as the side. And it was really icy there. But then again, when you do something like that, uh, it's really tough on your legs because you can't relax as much as you can when you have your skis inside the track. Yeah, I think it was really hard. And I think for some of them, they will have a, a little bit pain in the ankles or uh, uh, the stabilization is uh, really, really tough in, in these uh, uh, conditions to standing outside the track like this. Indeed, but let's go through the race uh, point by point, and then at the end we can talk about uh, your case because it, it's really interesting that what you just uh, told us that you are still racing, not ski ski racing anymore, but you do adventure 
uh, racing. But Vas- uh, Vasalopet 2021 edition, we talked about the course, uh, different event only for the elite skiers, our pro team athletes, and then selected uh, elite skiers, about 400 or so uh, participants. And of course, the regular folks, you know, the amateur skiers had a chance to do the kind of the open sport, the open track uh, within, uh, I guess, is a huge window, like three weeks. Uh, and about 18,000 skiers have uh, completed Vasalopet uh, this year, the virtual kind of the virtual Vasalopet. But the race, it started really fast uh, from the get go. That's what uh, both Yedalen and, and Lena said. Uh, after the race so it was full speed all the way through then you said that the uh, the first climb was a little bit shorter now uh, about 2.5 kilometers they didn't have that first section they started climbing right away uh, from the new point and, and then they reached the uh, the climb point our only and first climb point on the top of the uh, the hill which is the highest point of the course and that's uh, 528 meters above sea level. Anything you can say about that first hill? We saw from the start already that uh, this will be fast and the condition was really fast and Lena was pushing already after 50 meters, there was totally full speed and I think they they really want to ski fast fast today and uh, I'm impressed about how... uh, strong the girls is i think it was three two or three girls who was doing diagonal what what i saw in the in the first uh, short uh, part of the uphill and then they went into the forest so i couldn't see more and then it was just 2.5 kilometer today so the the time was much faster than before but that was also because it was much uh, much shorter and uh, for the men i think it was a bit the same some of uh, ermil want uh, the climb points and he uh, ah, he pushed really really hard indeed they both did berlina and, and and ermil and the women's race right after that uh Prita was already struggling there a bit uh, but pretty quickly we saw this uh this lead group uh materializing their uh lena Marit Björgen, uh, Emilie Fleten, uh, Thea Krukan Murud there, as well Ida Dahl, and then so forth. Uh, and then after the climb, there's a long section before uh, Mungspudana, which was the first, uh, our first sprint point. That particular section, that's, that's, really it's a tough one it's a, it's a fast one as you said tailwind all the way through but it's a t- tough one too because you had a long climb and then you need to keep that pace right after the climb yeah uh, some years when i have ski normally it can go very fast in the first uphill but then depends if there have been some snow or uh, snowing then it was a part where it's really slow speed and just uh, going and waiting but now there was not waiting there was pushing and and as you say i think it was uh, also um, katarina smutna in this group and and uh, then they was uh, doing <laughs> ah they were skiing fast that was uh, and the time around one hour to mongspool and i said that is that is fast. That is really fast. And also, uh, Tudlev Susta was pretty active in the men's race, a uh, couple other names. And also, it was interesting to see that uh, Therese Juhauk's brother uh, did really well. I mean, throughout the race, but he was uh, very visible uh, at the early parts of the, of the race. 
uh, as well. Anything you want to say about the the men's race uh, between the the climb point and Monks Budena? No. I think also the speed was high there and that was a part where I couldn't see so much about uh, the race uh, but uh, I saw some parts and they were skiing fast and uh, ah, there was a uh, uh, tricky with uh, there is some curves and uh, ah, th- th- that's the icy part and it was it was um, they I think they was really trying to stand straight with the skis but that that was the part where we we got some information and we we start looking really at uh, what uh, how they were skiing and and uh, we also got the information that it's very very difficult because of the ice uh, in manchester to to have the skis really really straight the whole time but ah they was pushing hard and they also want to beat uh, the record and uh, have a faster race the men also speaking of which how much do you think that that, uh, that played into the race uh, they all were well aware the conditions were fast and there was a good chance to break the record but do you think that that was something that they constantly kept thinking about? Yes, I think so. Uh, I mean, uh, 2000, uh, 1998, uh, Peter Jöransson had a 3 hour, 38 minutes and 57 seconds. And then 2012, Jürgen Brink had a 3 hour, 38 and uh, 41, I think. And uh, I, then after that, this has not been any really fast year. It's been snow or wet or ah, not, uh, not not fast conditions with new snow and so on. And now they have the big chance. And it has been many years now talking about the the, the what time it's possible to ski Vasalopetin because in in uh, one week before Vasalopetin, some years the Epet uh, Spore uh, have been really really fast. And I had uh, two hour, uh, four hours and one minute two years ago when I went to Fischmarschwachs Vasan the military championship on Monday and and then they have much longer time during the Sunday because of the snow so I, I think they want to beat it and it's of course it's 50,000 Swedish crowns for both the men and uh, and to be in the record book also yeah I think some of the wildest uh, estimates or guesses were even to break uh, three hour and hours and 20 minutes uh, that didn't happen but still under three three and a half hours for men and particularly impressive you know for Lena as she went uh, three hours and 52 minutes or so way under four hours as uh, Vibeke Skofterud's record uh, from that year that you just mentioned, uh, 2012, was four hours, eight minutes and 24 seconds. So really impressive there. But then by the time they reached Mongspudana, that was the first sprint point, nothing special really. I mean, Lina got the, the you know, the points there, as did uh, Emil, Emil Parson. Still quite a lot of people together there, I think like... If I remember correctly, just from my commentary, close to 50 people there uh, in a men's race within 20 seconds or something like that. And uh, quite a lot of uh, female athletes this, still all pretty much together. They're kind of the break, breakaway group. Anything uh, that comes to your mind 
about the first sprint? Anything? Nah, any observations was, uh, you want to point out? In the in, in the man class, it was really tight uh, sprint, and Emil Persson was really pushing for the for the sprint. So that was that was a really tight one with. Um, so uh, ah, they want the points for the for the boat the sprint. Maybe he's also high up in the in the sprint competition. And now when when uh, um, Berry unfortunately couldn't uh, start because of his illness and and uh, and also for the team competition. Exactly, and Emil Parson is really strong as he's fighting in that category. He's leading the game, the champ uh, championship uh, competition. And also the youth. <laughs> so he's wearing many bibs, as we speak. Uh, after Mungspurana, the course changes quite a lot. There's a long downhill section. The first one, because you've been going up first and uh, through the marshes, as you said, you know, the really fast pace, but it's a double polling section, a uh, really flat part. And then after Mungspurana, long downhill. Based on your experience, you've won the race three times. How would you describe that particular section before Riesberry? And then you start climbing again. You have those kind of a tough climbs before Riesberry. Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, I was always uh, thinking that it was uh, really important to have a uh, good positions when you come to tending it. The the low, like a really low part where it could be very, very cold. I have skied there in minus 32. Two degrees uh, as my coldest race, and uh, from Mongsbudan it goes a lot of downhill, and there you need to be quite active, not to come too far away in the back, uh, and uh, you need to uh, look up for what happened in the in the in the front, and uh, up to Riesberg there is uh, a quite hard uh, uphill. Now in this uh, very fast condition, it's not so hard, but when it's snowing and when it's a slow condition, this one is tough. And and also after Riesbay up to Evertzbay, I think it's easy to forget that part because I think there it goes up and down, up and down. This is this is also a tough, tough part. Indeed it is. And, and also the downhill, particularly uh, uh, on these uh, you know, hot, icy conditions. And we saw that, you know, that there's luckily nothing major happened there, but there were some, you know, moments that something could have happened as they could go down really fast, you know, from Mongsburana all the way to the kind of the bottom of the of the downhill. Yeah, that's you. You need to stay uh, cool down there because the speed is very, very high. <laughs> Uh, and also, I think it's good to point out that uh, you've won the race three times, but I think you've been in a top 10, like, was it like 13 years in a row or something like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, ama- amazing. <laughs> amazingly. Fourth, 14 races, top nine. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's, 13 that's, in a row and 13 in a row. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite amazing. I mean, you certainly, you are certainly a, a Mr. Vasa Lopez. Uh, and of course, Dian Hilgard. Uh, he's been in a podium five times in a row. This uh, today's race was wasn't really a good one for him. He fell uh, quite far behind. Speaking of him, also Peter Eliasen was struggling quite early on. Do you know uh, what was going on with him, or just just happened to be a bad day? I think it was a bad day. I saw they was uh, the places after each other in the in the results list, but not where I thought they should be before the race. So. Um, I think uh, Stian have a snow, had, has had a normal season so far, a little bit up and down in some race with not so good skis, but normally he comes for Vasa Loppet and then he makes his race. 
I'm not sure if this false condition is good for him. I think he's more more and the same for Petrilias, and they are more the strong uh, who want who like this uh, tough, hard uh, conditions where you need uh, uh, more fighting and more uh, strange uh, and maybe not uh, the high speed like like this, but. That's just my thoughts. So between these, uh, between Monks Budana and, and Riesberry, uh, both uh, Yerdal and, and uh, Ermin Vokuev were pretty active there. They pushed really hard. Uh, they were active throughout the race. <laughs> Yerdal and won. But uh, still, and, and Yerdal even said after the race that it was a really hard paced uh, all the way through. But what do you think this went on there? Uh, when they reach those uh, hills before Riesberry, as you mentioned, they are pretty. They're pretty tough ones, even if the conditions today were pretty fast. Yeah, it was. I think oh, the speed was high, but it was. I mean, more than thirty, oh, around thirty persons in ten seconds up in Riesberry. So of course, they were skiing fast, but not 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 the maximum i think the best guys have more more power to so it was f- fast but not full speed <laughs> but do you think that that might have been a, a bit of a, the, the strategy or tactic for uh, yedal and 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 uh, uh, just to go almost as fast as they can just to try to wear everyone out knowing that it's very difficult to, to actually break away when when the the snow is like this and the conditions are but they yeah, were. I, I, of course you need uh, it's not so easy to when you stand uh, in a downhill or in, in really flat areas because when you are skiing in this uh, speed i'm not sure uh, uh, about 24 uh, 25 kilometer in in uh, um, then then uh, then you, uh, it's much more easy to stay just behind. So in and in the downhill, it goes much much faster. But uh, in the uphill, of course, the wind is not so important, and then you have the chance to to uh, split up or or the field, or you can uh, make the other athletes uh, more tired if you are the strong one in the uphill. So in the women's race. Uh... Prita Johansson and Nugren was a little bit behind there by, by the time they reached uh, Riesberry. And then the, the the section between, you just referred to that, talked about that a little bit, but the the one between Riesberry and Evetsberry, it's also a bit up and down. Not any long climbs, but some steep ones there. And then, of course, the, the final climb uh, to Evetsberry and to our second uh, sprint point. How would you? Kind of describe that from an athlete's point of view, that particular section between Riesberry and Evitsberry. Kind of the half, yeah. and you also passed the halfway point. Yeah, I, I think uh, Lina was in the top in in Riesberry, and there they was just six. There, then it was split out in these six six girls, uh, really. Uh, and then it Brita was not so far away. Uh, I I hope I'm correct now. And then then. Um, uh, then it comes this. I think many people are talking about the first uphill. We're talking about uh, uphill to Riesberg and Uxberg is uh, the, the Lumbeck's Bakana. But uh, I think that between Riesberg, you have been out for 33, 34 kilometers, and then this a little bit up and down, and some, as you say, really steep uphills, and then down and up. This makes the muscles tired, and, and uh, you start. Uh, um, Getting uh, a little bit tired after uh, after being out so a long time in so uh, high speed. 
And then by the time they reached uh, Evets Barilina was uh, strong again, got, got home, the, took home the the sprint points once again, and, and actually took over the uh, the bib, you know, from her teammate uh, Jenny Larson, who was actually far behind at that point. Uh, and after that, we started to see a little bit of action happening there uh, in terms of the the women's race, as we saw in a, in, a, in a men's race as well. Uh, by the time they reached. Uh, Evets Barry and the the second uh, sprint point, Ermil Vokuev was strong once again, wanted to get the points. Uh, did you, when you were watching the the race, did you kind of detect any anything special happening there? Because by the time they reach Evets Barry, that is already, you know, past the halfway point. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's just now you need now uh, after in average bed then it's was a little bit starting. Yeah, that's like normally and and uh, you knew you are quite tired when you come there and then you have a lot of down in down to Vaslan before you start once again with these small uphills and down and bit and then you come to the Lumbes, Bakana. So uh, I. It's still for the best top athletes some transport uh, part, um, but of course for many other they are going for full speed the the, the whole time. And before the Lundberg back and all those long climbs, steep climbs before Uxbury, is really a long and the fastest downhill section right after Evetsbury is about four kilometers long. It's actually a pretty tough one. I know because I've done the race both ways and i i know how tough it is when you have to go uh the the wrong direction when you have to climb all the way to to evetsbury so that's all really fast and that's where uh, ermil Vokuev uh, was able to speed up quite a lot and they got a bit of a gap there uh, and also in, in the women's race pretty soon uh it was um lena and and uh Marit Björgen together but a word about that particular section because it's uh, it's very fast, and then you go under underneath the road, and right after that, there's a, there's a climb. Yeah, once again, it's a little bit uh, then after Mungsbudena down to tending it that you you but for in the in the women's class there was not so many athletes together, so then you can stay quite cool. But in the men's class, uh, when where it's it's more athletes, then you cannot be like stay be, too far away behind and then you they start going really hard when you go under the the road uh, then you it's too tough to catch up the front again so then you yeah you must be not so far away from the from 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 the front front and then you need to be because there you have really fast i think i had some kilometers where i have one and a half minute, minute in one kilometer down like say 40 kilometer an hour uh, in the in me as uh, in average speed in one kilometer uh, so this <laughs> the speed down there in some part it's uh, really really high and you need to uh, you know, start getting a little bit tired so you must you must focus and then you reach there you know those long climbs the Lundberg's uh, Bakana as you said and at that time uh, that was actually where Marit Björken attacked and Lena was the only one uh, following her, able to follow her. Uh, and in the men's race, uh, four skiers were already in a breakaway by the time they reached that hill. And they were about 50, 55 seconds ahead of the, the others. And Vetletuli was there as well. So Ermil Vokuev, of course, uh, the podium skiers, Ermil Vokuev, Anton Carlson, and uh, Yedal and, and Vetletuli. And it looked like that it was going to be Vetlet's day one of his best results but unfortunately he got really tired towards the end but and 
drop down to a twelfth place, I think. Um, but that is a tough that is a tough climb. I mean, it's not really that long. I mean, it's a long climb, uh, but since you have like almost sixty kilometers of of skiing behind you, it is certainly a challenging one. Yeah, that's because it's not so. If you should come there totally fresh and start uh, skiing from there, it's not so tough. But uh, that's uh, when you have made uh, both. Nearly sixty kilometer, you come to this place, and then you, ah, then your muscles start getting tired, and you are tired, and, and ah, get some pain in the body, and uh, you need just to focus, and uh, and uh, as many times the the big group has uh, split it up in in smaller groups there. And there's also a, a kind of a tough climb before they reach Uxbury. Uh, which isn't that steep, but still after all those climbs that you just talked about, uh, one more, and then you come to uh, that area, uh, Uxbury area. And at that time, those four skiers were about 50, 55 seconds or so, uh, almost a minute ahead. And then Oscar Cardin was working quite hard and, and Emil Parson uh, in the lead group. There were still 20 guys together in the, in the chasing group. Uh, and, uh, and on the women's side, uh, both um, Lena and, and Mari were already in a safe breakaway. And then Ida pushed really hard as well after that. And she was skiing by herself. And then uh, Smutna and uh, Emilia Fletten there and uh, Thea Krukamurud uh, behind there. Uh, then after Uxbury to Hökberg, that's a little bit of a very course, I mean, the terrain. It goes a little bit up and down, uh, but at least I find that kind of an interesting, pretty tough uh, part of the course as well, because you've done all those climbs, but you don't really get much rest there, because it's up and down, up and down to get to Gopshus, and after that you have a bit of a, a downhill, but it takes quite a long before you can actually get a good downhill to, to recover. Yeah, and uh, maybe our after the Uxbury um, uh, uh, station, there is a little bit down and flat part, but you need to push the whole time. It's not like you can stand um, still and just <laughs> go with the wind, but you need to you need to push. And, and uh, if you want to uh, have the gap uh, uh, with these four man athletes, for example, have them, then they need to go on the whole time. And I also think it was interesting to see Vettli uh, Tuli uh, because that looks really good for him for a long time. But then, ah, the um, battery was, <laughs> the gasol was empty and he was losing a lot of time in, in the end. But so far he was fresh and they was working quite good, good together what I I haven't seen everything, but what I saw, I think it was quite good. And Anton looks really strong also. And uh, I know that he's a really, really fast skier. He's really, really good in, in uh, rule skiing. And uh, when you make uh, also in sprint, he's really good. Uh, um, and so I, I, I that was a really interesting group with also this extremely uh, uh, strong uh, Edmil Vukov and also Yardal and and, and uh, in the in the in the women's class I was ah now it's easy to say so here uh, when you know the results but uh, uh, I know that Marit Björgen is a 
really has been a really 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 good traditional skier and she start with her project to win Vaseloppet or to do a cam- comeback in Vaseloppet in May and I know she has trained a lot but anyway it's very special to be out for so li- long long time skiing and uh, when you have been out for three hours it's not like a shorter race so I was thinking about before the race how long can she go so fast and uh, when with the muscles say stop but she goes really really good to to Hörpe. Uh, and then then you have been out for a little bit more than three hours and then when the immense comes a little bit later then we saw what what uh, happened then Lena have these years with long distance uh, training uh, and uh, really good day of course that's correct she was able to use that uh, for her advantage when the guys passed her because she's done that in uh, in the past as well She's she did it in uh and sorry in the uh, Kaiser Maximilian Lauf uh, uh in the past as well when she was able to uh stay with the 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 leading guys and she did the same thing so probably that was kind of her tactic uh, that just to try to keep up with the guys as long as she can and that's how she got the gap and then that happened after uh Herkberry because they reached that point together. And then uh, Ida was with the B behind, and then Emilia and uh, Emilia and Katarina uh, uh, Smutna was skiing together. And it, at least it looked to me that Thero Kruk and Murud was uh, struggling, was struggling there a bit. But uh, she was able to kind of regain the, the stamina, and, uh, and she did really well in the race. She passed uh, the skiers uh, in front of her. So, and in the men's race, of course, still those four skiers together, and. As you mentioned, at that stage, uh, even Vetletuli looked really strong. So the, uh, his, you know, the, uh, the when when he ran out of energy, that happened after Hörgberry. But that's a, that's a tricky part as well. I mean, it's no more uphills really. But after seventy k of racing, you have that kind of the la- flat part. Uh, so it really uh, boils down to the kind of the the endurance and how your muscles can. Uh, uh, just uh, maintain the pace and and uh, particularly in conditions like this. So between Hergberry and Eldris, which is the the last control point, a word about that particular section. Uh, ah, once again, you need to uh, push the whole time. It's mostly flat, and there is one. Uh, uh, small, uh, small uphill which <laughs> feels quite tough. The, it's called the Krongosen. I think it's about 12 kilometers to uh, the finish, three kilometers before uh, uh, Eldris. And there is uh, a, t- a tough part where where uh, many times have been. Um, um, sorry. Yes, I decided. Yeah, I decided. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I think that was pretty much the uphill where Vetletuli was uh, running out of energy or running out of power. Pretty much yeah. there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, somewhere there was the way back when Raul Ulle was uh, in a lead uh, years ago, uh, and the uh, the main main group was able to catch him up right after that climb. So you're right. I mean, that's a critical point on the course. Uh, and then they reached uh, reached uh, Eldries, only nine k left after that. And that's when you. Uh, 2007. I remember that race. We talked about that before this podcast. That's when you uh, were uh, able to uh, push really hard uh, in that race, and you won that race in uh, 2007. 
but again, I mean, it's between Eldries and the Finnish, uh, Mura. Yeah, that tiny hills here and there, but if you get really tired, like, for example, in Vetletuli's case, they may feel like mountains. Yeah, that is so one. Um, and what happened behind, I think, uh, I mean, Ragde A and Dom, the, the, the team with on the on the paper the the, the best uh, strongest man and they have uh, they had no one in this top uh, four and and of course they need to try to work hard in in the back and oscar was there and uh, uh, karsten uh Juhau did a really good race and he was also in the group behind but um Anders Auckland was not uh, uh, maybe the best day and Andreas Nygård was not really back after his illness and also Uartele was not there in the in the finish so it was uh, Oscar and um, I mean when you have this uh, new type of skiing with the teams then it was Ragde who was the uh, strongest and also Nordic athlete had Morten Ede Pedersen and Johan Hall who, who uh, in that group but uh, they need to do the work but they was not strong enough therefore in the top was the strongest four today that is a good point and also we have to remember that those four were also from different teams Ermil Bokwe from Russian winter team uh, Turase Yedalen from his new team Team Expand a, a Fuel of Norway Betle Tuli from Team uh, Café uh, Bruggeriet so, uh, uh, and then Anton Karlsson from uh, Lager 157 ski team all from different different teams so they couldn't come up with any kind of a team tactic there they just had to ski for themselves all the way through and as you pointed out uh, in the chasing group there were not really that many many uh team or we couldn't really detect any team tactics there no one was ready or willing or at least that is the way it seemed uh to do the work and try to catch catch up you know with the uh, with the guys uh, in front and uh, also and the, the women's race uh, of course those two they could they kept going and that was when uh, lena saw her chance uh was able to uh, speed up and leave uh Marit Björgen behind. That happened uh, before, before uh, Eldri's uh, there. Speaking of team like the Ayendom, what do you think? Why, why weren't they that strong today? Do you have any idea, or what's your sort of uh, speculation on that? Why they? Why Marit Björgen was so strong, or why because no, the men why, was... why, why the, the men? Of course, Marit was strong, but the team, yeah, like the Ayendom you... on the men's side. Yeah, but oh, is it is it is it strong? You mean not so strong today? Not so, not so strong. Yes. No, okay. Then I, nah, you never know. It can be the the shape for the day. Maybe the skis, but I don't think so. The the skis was. I think it was quite similar, but I I I don't know. Uh, and then you can say, oh, Oscar was not a seven. It's it's not so bad. And for Karsten Juhag, it was really good with the ninth place. Uh, but uh, in total, to the for the to have the best ragday and athlete on the seventh place it's not that's not good enough for 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 them and we will see what i have not had time to talk with the athletes uh, after uh, so i have not heard anything special there and we also need to point out uh, since we are speaking of these uh, athletes who performed really well Arilusua, fifth and from my my home country finland his second best result uh, in Visma Ski Classics. He's been on a podium once, he says, Kabaresatka, 
uh, and uh, this season he's been tenth twice, I think. So certainly a good race. He was there in the in the lead uh, or the the chasing group all the time. Anything you want to say about uh, his performance? He's been a bit of a odd man out there by himself. Not the one that we tend to talk about that much before the race. No, he's like uh, always good. Uh, uh... Like around 10, 15 positions, Simpson top 10. And yeah, he's a good athlete, absolutely. And I, I, I like when you comes up uh, new, uh, not new names, but when there is names from different uh, countries. I mean, now we have uh, in the top both Russia and uh, Finland and Sweden and Norway, and that's good for for uh, the sport. Uh, so. Um, I I, uh, <laughs> I like it, and I think Ali Luso. I, I don't know him, but he's a real fighter. I saw his uh, feats after La Diagonela, but he, he was still skiing, and then he was missing some race because the feats was not good enough, and now he is back on this really really high level. So I think he's uh, one of the biggest fighter in the in the in the in the whole circus. Certainly he is, and then uh, Maxim Vileksanin uh, performed really well. And he had a bit of a mishap uh, at the beginning. He fell down and kind of spun round. And also uh, Max Novak, we saw that, you know, he was really mad. He broke his uh, uh, binding and he got really uh, uh, mad, even even uh, uh, kicked his skis. But he I, he got a new, new, uh, new uh, ski and he was able to continue. But oh. I, I guess uh, that... That's his, uh, I mean... Uh... He is a really strong and good athlete, and uh, I, when something I, I didn't saw if there was some person's mistake or something like that, uh, or uh, it was an accident, and uh, and it was also happened for him in in uh, in Marcia Longa where he loses skis and the binding, and uh, uh, of course he need to check what is the problem with the with the bindings or uh, this. But anyway, uh, I. Uh, I feel very sorry for 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 him. Uh, he is one of the strong young athletes who can be uh, one of the new uh, really big uh, long distance uh, heroes on the men's side. And then speaking of the finish, uh, we talked about uh, the winners Tura Yedal and he was able to uh, speed up uh, after. Uh, Eldries, he pushed really hard on the, on that uh, last uh, section and got a bit of a gap there. Uh, so he won the race. Then Anton Carlson tried to follow, uh, quite couldn't, but he was able to get a bit of a gap uh, before Ermir Vokuev. So Yedalen won, Carlson second, Ermir Vokuev third, uh, Emil Parson, a good race from him once again. Strong season all the way through for this guy. Lager 157 ski team skier, Emil Parson fourth, Ari Lusu, then fifth, uh, from Valdavafanski team, Yuan uh, Hurl, you mentioned him, Team Nurik athlete, really a good race uh, from him, sixth, Oscar Kadin, seventh, Team Rakte Ayendom, and as you said, not a good day for these guys. Certainly they aren't happy with this and satisfied. Maxim Vileksan in eighth, uh, Russian winter team, so two Russians uh, in top ten, and Karsten Juhauk, Teresa Juhauk's uh, brother, uh, also representing Team Rakte Ayendom, was ninth, and then Mortne de Pedersen, Tenth, not a good day for Mortnader Pedersen. Uh, it's been a bit of a tough uh, season for him as well. And then when we look at the women's, 
So but but I would like to say one more thing, Timmy, if it's okay. The Thomas Bing, the German uh, national athlete, was number 11. And uh, that's, I think, it's really fun that German comes with one strong uh, um, um, man, uh, athlete in the, on the men's side. So that I want to say that it's very important. And I hope Thomas Bing will do more long-distance skiing in the future. Good, good that you pointed that out because I only uh, read aloud, you know, the 10 best and he was indeed 11th. And if we look at the women's race, uh, the 10 best, and we can also mention that Lila Quayle was 11th there, but uh, 10 best skiers, Lina Koskren won, uh, followed by Marit Björgen, really a strong race. It was about uh, 40 something seconds between these two, Ida Dahl. Then third, and Thea Krugan-Murud, really a great race. Uh, fourth, Katarina Smutna, fifth, and Emilia Fleten, sixth. Uh, Britta Johansson-Nugren, seventh. Not a good day for her, but it's been a troubling season for her. And she was the first lady to go over four hours. So all these six skiers, uh, from Lina to Emilia, uh, they uh, were went under four hours as Lina's uh, winning time was 3 hours, 52 minutes, and 8 seconds. So that is the record time now. And Emilia Fletten's time was 3 hours, 58 and 28. And then Jenny Larsson, 8th, and Lynn Semskar, 9th, and Sophie Elebru, 10th. And, of course, we need to look at uh, Jedalen's time as well, because that is the record now. That was... Uh, Three hours and 28 minutes and 18.4 seconds. So those are the new uh, record times. But kind of to sum up uh, this year's race, Oscar, what would you like to say about Vasa Lopez uh, 2021? I would like to say that this was the year when we beat the record and that when you have extremely good conditions, especially with a strong wind from the behind and the icy tracks when they were standing between the tracks. The woman beat the old record with 16 minutes and the man beat the time with around 10 minutes. So uh, the skiing goes always, uh, everything goes forward and the athletes is stronger and better and uh, but the uh, conditions is in Vasalope the, the, is decide the times. I mean, uh, last year they have much more one hour longer time, but they are still on the same level. So, so the time is is um, depending on what kind of conditions you are skiing in. How fast? And, uh, if I, if I can say one more thing, uh, I I'm I'm so impressed about Ramudan. Now they have once again two on the on the podium in the women's class and they do a amazing work with uh, Gustav Korsgren in, in, um, as uh, team uh, director and waxer and he's ah, he, I, I'm very very impressed and then I'm also would like to say that is to see Marit Björgen this amazing uh, athlete on the starting list this morning that was very special Indeed, a very special uh, year and fast conditions. But how fast do you think they can go? What could be that? I mean, assuming that everything, the conditions are perfect. So how fast can men oh. and the, the fastest man and the fastest woman go? I think we should talk with some of the of the uh, skiers who have skied today and they will tell us. But uh, I, I, I mean, when you are standing in, in a track and when it's no, it's no in the track, you cannot using um, your, uh, 
fits like they did today in the corners uh, and uh, that's uh, that's a uh, di- huge different uh, but of course when if it had not been any snow in the track then it was they, it had been faster to be standing in the track so uh, uh, and the wind i think is very important if if the wind had been so strong but from the other side the time had been much more longer much more longer so but when you have everything together i think you can ski uh, 10 minutes faster or eight minutes faster you can be down to 330 what many people have a little bit talking about in the dream 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 condition you mean 320 Um, yeah yeah sorry i had 320 but but it can be And maybe 3.45 uh, for women, because uh, 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 Lena's time was uh, 3.52. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, Before I let you go, uh, Oscar, uh, a word about your future. Now you have been the race director. Uh, You mentioned that you do adventure racing. So what's uh, in your plans? What's in your pipeline for the future? For the... Uh, next races in Wisma Ski Classic, I will be the expert commentator on uh, uh, Discovery uh, with together with um, Roberto Vacchi. So I'm uh, looking forward for the next year race. And um, as you maybe knew, I have lived uh, eight years during the winter up in Volodal, and so I have skied a lot, uh, a lot up there. And um, uh, I, now we have two races n- nearly in the same uh, in the same area, but different courses. Uh, and then uh, we have a really tough race up in uh, uh, Reista and then Ulleslevi. Uh, so uh, I, that's my first thing. And then I'm working as an officer in the Swedish army. That's what I'm working with for 50%. And then I'm training like for 50%. And uh, I go for... Uh, um, um, World Cups uh, and um, uh, World Championship in adventure racing together with the Swedish Armed Forces Adventure Team, where we are four uh, um, athletes employed in the Swedish Army and we compete in the... Ah, it's not a military competition, that's a a world championship and it's competitions like five to seven uh, days when you compete in without any stops it's just it's up to you how much you want to sleep or not want to sleep and and it's a uh, cycling it's a different kind of uh, do you say canoeing or paddling paddling or um and also running or trekking and then some climbing also but uh, that's a quite small part and uh, you need to uh, arrange your own food for the for the um, for the race, and uh, ah, we 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 sleep maybe one or two hour. Uh, I did one race over four days and ten hours. We were sleeping uh, uh, five hours totally during the whole race when we was ke- competing from Ore to Olesund um, uh, in in Norway, uh, and that was uh, nearly seven hundred kilometer that that race. So. Uh, it's a tough sport, and uh, I'm the navigator in 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 the team because of my uh, I have been an orienteering runner also before in in my in my life, so I I that's why my position in 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 the team, and uh, ah it's interesting and you you uh, push uh, the limits of uh, what the body can can do. Well, that sounds like a really a tough undertaking, you know, uh, hours and hours and days and days uh, in a row. Uh, very different from uh, long-distance skiing, of course, both endurance, but uh, 
uh, I assume, a much harder in many ways. Of course, you don't need to be, be working on your VO2 max uh, levels uh, that much, but uh, a lot of endurance, I assume. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and you need to have some VO two max, but of course you need to, yeah, if you have one twenty three two hundred thirty kilometer long uh, biking, then you need to have uh, biking muscles for that. And then when you have uh, uh, some hilly tracking running session over uh, sixty kilometer, then you need to be have the capacity with the with the legs to not stop <laughs> out there so you you need to push the push the limits in the in the training um and you need to also a good technique for for the um canoeing and that's that's where i uh that's the newest part for me and where i focus on my training now to be to be better to be, be more complete as an uh, adventure racing athlete and as a last thing, uh, with you, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the upcoming races, and that's kind of your home area, Volodalen and, and Ore. What do you want to say about those uh, races? Volodal's Rennet is now replacing Birkebeiner, uh, Birkebeiner Rennet like cancelled. And of course, we have Orefelsloppet, 100k, which is the longest distance in Vismaski Classics history, and a tough course too. Yeah, um, the, um, it's a little bit like Birken. I have made Birken in both really good and really bad conditions. And when when the weather is good in Birken, that's uh, amazing to ski up on the on the mountains. And that's a little bit the same with the, especially the Orefjells Loppet, the long one. And uh, then you will go two times over over the mountain. Um, and then uh, uh, if the weather will be good, that will be. The nicest view, I think, <laughs> of course, it's nice also down in uh, Europe. So I not say the nicest, but very nice view uh, from uh, the broadcasting from that event. And it will be interesting to see uh, this uh, 100 kilometer will be much, much tougher than this 90 kilometer in, in Vasalopet. And especially if we will have some snow and some wind up there, then you then you will be out for a long time. So we will see that maybe some other kind of athletes who will be good for that kind competition and then i'm not really sure if the tra- uh, course for uh, volo uh, dalen loppet is official and so i don't want to say so much about that so now we have anton carlson on the line uh, first of all great race a good comeback for you to be second in a race like this but it looked like it was a tough one for you guys. You pushed all guns blazing all the way through, correct? Yeah, it was a very fast race from the start to the end and uh, a very offensive race. And uh, high speed normally suits me very well uh, in these fast conditions. So it was a perfect day for me. Tell us about the conditions. Oscar and I have been going through that a little bit, but since we didn't do the race... Uh, I see, but you weren't able to use the track much. So, really, how were there? It was very icy uh, from uh, last day because it was uh, very warm last uh, Saturday, and um, it uh, the temperature dropped very fast, so it got very icy. But then it got uh, it snowed a little, uh, so uh, that snow didn't. Uh, connect to the ice but it uh, was also very windy so 
all the snow just uh, went down inside uh, the ski tracks. So the the tracks were filled with fresh snow that was very slow. And beside the tracks, it was uh, very icy. So uh, it was much, much faster to go uh, beside the tracks. So during this uh, podcast, Oscar uh, has been saying that it must have been really hard uh, on your legs. So how are you feeling right now? <laughs> yeah, especially legs and ankles are uh, having a bit of troubles with uh, with some pain, but uh, nothing nothing extraordinary. It's a 90k race, and uh, we're used to the pain. So, but it was uh, special to do 90k beside the tracks. Absolutely. <laughs> And how did you feel before the race? Did you think that this will be your day? Because it's been a little bit up and down. You were in a really good shape when the, the season started or before the season started. But for some reason, you haven't been able to to, to come up with the, the best possible shape until today. No, uh, I was in extremely good shape from September to, to Christmas. But I think I pushed uh, a little bit too hard. and. Uh, had to back off a little when we were on the altitude and felt that uh, the body didn't respond the way it used to do. So been struggling a little bit since then, but uh, now after the Yuselska, I feel that uh, I got uh, the right balance again and feeling that uh, it has been better and better. Uh, been doing a, a lot of work with uh, Emil and uh, Andreas and uh, Makan in uh, Volodalen at the pre-camp and felt that uh, the shape is coming now and since then I've been taking it step by step and uh, yeah, the plan worked uh, out very good and I had uh, absolutely one of my best days in the track today. So uh, let's talk about the last part of the race when uh, Yedalen sped up and was able to get a gap. And then Vokuev, it seemed to me, was getting a little bit tired. You were in, in between. What were you thinking at that point when you realized that, okay, Yedalen's out there, but Vokuev is only a few seconds behind me? Yeah, I noticed that uh, during the race that Tordasle was uh, very strong. He pushed in every uphill and... Uh, always seemed to be fresh in his arms. So I understand after after Oaksberg that uh, it would be him or me, I, I think, because Ermil was starting to look a little bit like he's suffering from the the length of the race, I think. But um, yeah, I thought Ashley was super strong in the last 10K and uh, he got a gap on me and I didn't manage to, to uh, pick it up again. But uh, super, super happy with second place. So, Oscar, uh, is there anything you want to ask Anton Carlson? I saw that there was a lot of feelings in the interview after the competition, and I can understand it that I have a lot of <laughs> nice message from Anton during the last year when I have asked him about uh, for the my other work as a TV commentator and he had informed me always very well about the situation for him, the team and what, ah, so he, I, I like him as a person and when I saw he was crying in interview, I understand how much this is uh, worth for him and I know 16 months ago he had, uh, he made the, 
uh, operation uh, with his, uh, I think the English name is uh, disc herniation, uh, disc broke in Sweden. And, and I know he missed whole the last season and, and uh, he, he have like fight and train and uh, this rehab training to come back and we heard all the nice signals about his performance during the autumn and uh, uh, so I, I just can say big big thank you and uh, I'm so happy Anton that you have done this work and that it pays off. Oh, thank, thank you very much Oscar. It means a lot to me. Speaking of that recovery uh, it, it's been a long path for you after that injury uh, and of course, we're not going to talk too much about it, but just going to go back there. Did you ever lose your confidence? Were there days that you were thinking that, okay, this is it. I'm not going to be able to go back or get back, back in shape. Or were we just confident that I just keep pushing and pushing and one day I'll be a back. herniated disc is very individual, how you react. And my left leg, uh, I lost uh, very much power in it. I lost feeling in it and... Uh, I had trouble walking, so coming back from there. Uh, actually, when I woke up from the from the the, the surgery, uh, I all I felt like two hundred percent better <laughs> one hour after the surgery than one hour before the surgery. Uh, so then I I laid a plan for Rafael Lopez twenty twenty one, and by thinking about this day for since then, so. It's uh, very emotional for me for to come back and uh, show myself that uh, hard work pays off in the end. And what about after this? Now you are back indeed, and we have more races to come. So uh, are you going to be number one very soon? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, it's not a secret that uh, the hilly races aren't my strong suit, but. Uh, I'm very, very motivated right now, and I hope I can show, continue to show uh, good form throughout the season. And at least help your teammate, uh, since Amy Parson was once again really strong. He was fourth, and he's fighting for the yellow bib. He's fighting for the champion title. Big ups for Amy today. He helped me a lot, and... Uh, disturbed uh, the chasing group so they didn't catch up so easily and uh, yeah we have something special in the team we trust each other 100% and we we have worked very much on this and uh, Emil was super strong today he, he yeah I have no words for for what he has done for me today do you think he will win the, the title uh, it will be a fight, and I have good belief in Emil, and uh, I will help him to one thousand percent to manage to to win the yellow bib. We saw in in Jeserska that you helped him up in in good position in the in the uh, uphill after about thirty kilometer. Uh, I haven't seen the race uh, because I have uh, <laughs> I've seen a little bit of the race today, but not everything. I just seen the passings, and uh, of course I watched some part of the race and, and so on. But uh, so you mean that uh, Emil he was uh, he was uh, because we was talking about this. Uh, Temu and I before, and I saw that you, um, what was happening in the in the in the 
group behind you, Ragde have no one in the front, and uh, I thought they uh, need to do the work, and, and Emil was just, uh, he was just waiting. <laughs> or can you tell about the, what the tactic was really there? The plan right there was to not get uh, a breakaway that wouldn't suit us. So when Emil pushed very hard up to Eversberg, I just took his skis and I think this, this will help Emil to not have to do the work. And then uh, when uh, Tor Arsle and Vettle joined from Team Expand and Team Kaffebryggeriet, I started to think that uh, Ragde and Koteng must do a very hard work now and that suits Emil very well. So it was actually not until like Eldris or something that I started to think that uh, I could win the race or that uh, the breakaway was going to stay until the finish line. So uh, I just tried to be up there and uh, so that the ML could be fresh for the sprint. Indeed, that was a really what happened there. So, uh, but good, good job once again. Uh, uh, your second and uh, Emil fourth, both of you uh, performed amazingly well. Uh, and once again, congr congratulations and good luck. Uh, for the upcoming races, you said that it may not suit you that well. They're, they're much hillier uh, than the Vasalopet course, but you're in a good shape and it's good to be back. And uh, I hope I can uh, ride this wave now for, uh, for a while and hopefully get some more good races. Good luck, Anton. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 So now I have Alina Koskren there on the line, and she is, of course, the happy winner of Avasa Lopet 2021, and that was her third victory. So, Lina, I think this is probably the sweetest of them all, to be uh, to to win again and to beat uh, Marit Björgen. Uh, probably just uh, the greatest feeling. Ah, it's amazing. I'm uh, I'm celebrating now with champagne. Campaign. So yeah, it's uh, it's so it's so good. You becoming a regular face, or more like a regular voice on our podcast. You know, this race uh, recaps uh, since you've been. You keep winning all these races all the time, but it's been an amazing season uh, for you. And uh, how come you've been able to maintain this stamina and and the shape throughout the season? Yeah, like you say, it's. Uh, it uh, has been really amazing season for me, and I'm so happy that I can I can do it uh, again and again and again. I have uh, it has been a little bit hard this week mentally. I have uh, feel a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I really really want to, to take a third victory, but I know it's going to be really really hard and. Uh, when you have, uh, yeah, when you have take some victory now this season, I, yeah, it has been uh, hard mentally this week, than this last week. So walk us through this race. I mean, it was really a fast-paced race. You have the record now way under four hours. And of course, uh, Marit Björgen's presence brought an extra tension, extra energy uh, jigs there, I, I assume. So, but how was the race all the way through? Uh, I feel uh, quite early that I have a good body today and uh, I want good speed in the first uphill and I saw Björgen was uh, there behind me also so I I thought for myself okay Björgen is uh, 
she's so strong that I thought she was before the race. And uh, yeah, we we was um, uh, a group of six girls for a long time. And uh, but I think uh, I saw quite early that uh, yeah, Björgen was the the woman to beat today. And uh, yeah, I saw I saw it early. So yeah, I. I that was in my mind for the whole race. And you probably ex- expected her to attack uh, on the Lundberg's backhand, as she did. I thought she would uh, try something there because I saw that she had been strong in other uphills. So when she go uh, went and uh, go in front uh, before uh, Lundberg's backhand, I knew that uh, now is something uh, on her mind. So yeah. But I think it was really good for me also that I could uh, take her back and uh, just go with her. Of course, it was hard, but uh, I thought it was, yeah, I think I felt a little bit of um, this uphill after Uxbay because after Uxbay I was a little bit tired. But uh, yeah, I I say to myself, <laughs> you cannot lose this now. <laughs> now it's so, so close. Uh, were you struggling there? You said there was quite quite hard, but did you? But you were confident uh, throughout the, 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 you know, all the way through up to the climb and before Uxbury that you will be able to to keep up with her. Yeah, it was no problem uh, in Lundbeck Sakana, but uh, I mean, when you come to Uxbury, you have uh, you have done uh, seventy two kilometers or something. So of course, you feel that in your body. But uh, I mean, it was really really fast race today and then you can use your muscles for another way also it's uh, it's more hard for every every time you put the 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 pulls in the snow so i think uh, yeah it's faster race but uh, on the muscles i think it's harder in this condition and then when the men Past you was that a kind of a tactical move, or did it just by happened, uh, or was that something that you were thinking about, uh, kind of coming up this this tactical tra- strategy in your mind that by the time the men uh, pass you, you will try to take an advantage of that, which you did, and you were able to speed up, and that's when the gap uh, materialized between you and 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 Marie Bjergen. Yeah, I had. Uh, I mean, if the guys will catch us up, which they did, I knew I must try to to hang on. And uh, yeah, I, I tried, but I it was a uh, it was really high speed in the bunch with the guys because I think it was uh, Emma Persson or someone who go up in the in the group and um, get a gap. So. The other guys uh, did it really, really fast, and then I, yeah, I guess uh, I quite, uh, I guess uh, some meters uh, to the guys, but then I decide to to sprint it up again, so I catch some guys again. So maybe I thought that was the that was the reason I guess the the gap uh, uh, to Marit. Did you ever look back and just to see how far behind she was at that time? Or were you just confident and you knew at that time, you know, that you will win the race? 
No, I was not confident with it all. At all, I I look it back and I saw that Marit was really strong and she really pushed hard. And uh, yeah, I have a I have to ha- have a high speed from the the time that I got the gap before uh, before Eldris, and then I just have to push and push and push uh, the whole way because I. I, I saw that Marit was really, really fighting after me to to catch me up again. So you made history last year when you were 57th in the overall race, uh, both uh, genders uh, included. And you made history again today. Now you have the record time under four hours and then the women's competition. What does that mean to you, that you are now the record holder, besides getting the extra year bonus? Yeah, it's a really, really big bonus for me, and uh, I think it's. Uh, I hope that uh, every girl uh, also feel feel that uh, they have pushed me uh, to this time, and I know it. Uh, yeah, that we girls are really, really strong now. We have uh, we have de- de- development, the double pooling, and uh, we have not have a good condition. The 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 last year so i knew when we have a good condition like today that we yeah hopefully gonna beat the record and today it was me but i mean it's so many girls who are uh, as strong as me also so i think this this bonus and this record is for all the girls out there today and you are you might be able to uh, make history again uh, next year or the years to come if you win one more time then you will be you, you will have four victories under your belt which is then tied with uh, Sofia Lind uh, so we'll see if that happens but of course we have many races before next year speaking of which uh, the upcoming ones your home area Volodalen and Ore Orefels Lopet you must be uh, you know really uh, excited about those those two upcoming ones yeah, it feels really, really nice for me that we have two races in my home area. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be perfect. Just go home, back to water tomorrow and uh, just train on the tracks. And, uh, yeah, and of course, get a good recovery and a mental recovery. And I hope I will be ready for uh, the first race, Volodal uh, it will be, It will be exciting. And of course, you are also fighting uh, for the, the champion title. You have a good a lead there. Um, pretty sure that you're confident that 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 might be your for, for yours uh, for your taking uh, this season. But um, is there anything you want to say about winning the overall? How important that is for you? I mean, it's a big goal for this season. I have a good position now, but. I am, uh, yeah. I can. I cannot think about uh, Liavi now. I must take race by race, and I must collect some more points uh, to to get it uh, in the finish uh, in Liavi. So I I hope I stay safe and healthy, and I can race all the race who is left. Uh, I mean, uh, that's it's the most important to to collect points. So I cross my fingers for that. Of course you do, and your team performed uh, well again. Uh, Ida was uh, there uh, right behind you and, uh, on the podium as well. Uh, and you guys are still in the lead, the number one uh, pro team. So it's been an amazingly good year. 
for you guys out there. Uh, but thank you very much uh, for joining us once again, and congratulations. Uh, it was a great day for you and a wonderful race, of course, and good luck uh, for the uh, upcoming races in, uh, in Border Darling. Thank you and good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. And we are about to wrap this podcast up, but let's go through the standings. So champion men, Emil Persson is in the lead at 2,020 points. Uh, Tour Asle Yedalen is second, 990 points. And Ermil Vokuev is third, 900 points there. So those are the top three uh, in the men's category. And we move on to the ladies. The champion competition uh, for uh, the women, Lena Koskren, number one, 1,270 points. Ida Dahl, her teammate, is second, 950 points. And Emilia Fletten, third, 785 points. Those are the top three there. And, of course, the Nordic Trophy started as well. And uh, since Vasalopet was the first event, so the Vasalopet results... Uh, are exactly the same as the Nordic Trophy ones. So we move on to the youth competition. And in the men's side, Emil Parson is in the lead. And then Johannes Ekler second. And Max Novak is third. In the women's youth competition, Ida Dahl is number one, followed by her teammate Jenny Larson, and then Anastasia Rigalina from Russian Winter Team. She is third. Then sprint competition, Emil Parson is in the lead, and Stian Berk, who couldn't race today, is second, and Max Novak there uh, is number three in the men's category. And in the women's competition, Lina Kuskren is in the lead, over her teammate Jenny Larson, and then Ida Dahl is third. So there's a total dominance there from Team Ramudden. And moving on to the climb competition, Ermil Vokuev is number one, followed by Emil Parson, and Peter Eliasen from Team Ragde Eiendom is number three there. That's the men's competition. And in the women's one, Lina Koskren is number one, and then Ida Dahl, second, and Emilia Fletten, third. And pro team competition, Team Ramudden is number one, 1,000 points, then Lager 157 ski team, second, 880 points, and Russian winter team, number three, 760 points, and they are followed by Team Rektajendom, Team Kuteng, and Team Nordic Athletes. So, those are the standings after Vasalopet. We have four more races to go. We have Volodas Rennet next, and then the Orefelsloppet, the 100k race, and then Reisteloipe, assuming that that race can take place in Norway, and then the final one, Ulles Levi in Finland. So that's the season that we have left. So thank you very much, Oscar. It was really good to have you, and I appreciate your comments and your insight. Uh, as always, and I hope that you had a really good experience being the uh, Bismarck Ski Classics uh, race director, and good luck with your adventure races in the future. Thank you very much, uh, Temo, and it will be a pleasure to be here.
So thank you very much for joining us. I hope you had a great day uh, following and watching Vasa Lopet and also enjoying our podcast. Stay tuned for more action to come and just stay healthy and go out and exercise. Bye-bye and see you guys soon. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.